Welcome, tennis fans, to the second episode of Tennis Trivers, Exploring the Game, the podcast that delves into the heart of the tennis world. I'm your host, IVJ, and today we are summarizing U.S. Open Week 1 and overviewing Week 2. So before I actually get into today's episode, I feel like it's necessary for me to introduce myself first. My name is Ivy Jang. I am currently a junior who is attending Green Neck South High School in New York, and I am a tennis player myself. My story with tennis actually started when I was seven or eight years old. My mom would take me to watch the China Open, and I remember watching Novak Djokovic versus Rafael Nadal in the final, and I was immediately in love with the sport. But after, my mom asked me if I wanted to actually play the sport, and I actually said no, and my mom really didn't push it. However, I went to a UK summer camp when I was, I think, 10 years old, and actually one of my friends played, and she was complaining to me about how she doesn't have anyone to hit with, and I was like, okay, I'll try to hit balls with you, and... I really didn't have a background or anything whatsoever. I just picked up the tennis racket from her back and we started hitting back and forth. At first I was skeptical, but I realized how I was actually able to hit the balls over the net and I was so happy. I was like, oh my god, I actually have a talent for it, but it was just me goofing off. And when I got back to China, which is where I'm from, I told my mom about it, and my mom was like, okay, I'll sign you up for tennis lessons, and once I actually started playing tennis, I realized how magical the sport is, not only just because of how entertaining the sport is to watch, and also because of how challenging it is to actually get really good, and in my opinion, most of tennis is mental. Sometimes you really don't have to be better than your opponent skill-wise to win. You just have to want it more and also to have a better tactic going up against your opponent. And because I fell in love with the sport, I am an inspiring sports journalist and writer. So the goal of this podcast is for me to have a platform to practice my skills and hopefully make some more impact on the tennis community. And before I start, I also want to say a huge thank you to everyone who supported my first episode. And because it's my first time creating a sports podcast or just any podcast really i would really love if you guys can comment or just reach out to me about how i can make my podcast better so that you guys can enjoy this experience just much as i do and i feel like i've been talking too much so without further ado let's get right into today's episode so i'll just start off by saying how this u.s open really has been unexpected even though i said it's going to be unexpected but it's not unexpected in the way I thought it would be. There are a lot of external factors that played into this US Open, such as stomach issues, which I'm going to talk about later, and just a lot of other factors in general that I'm going to talk about. But of course, because it's the last tournament, or just any tennis tournament really, there are of course some upset matches that I think are important to talk about. So I guess I'll just start off with the men's side first. The first one is Dominic Thiem defeating Bublik in round one in a three-setter. 
I am really happy that Dominic Thiem won this match because Dominic Thiem was actually a really good player before he suffered a wrist injury. And because he's a one-handed backhand player, so his right wrist is really important to him. And the injury happened on his right wrist, of course. So he had to get surgery and he obviously fell down of the rankings. And he really wasn't performing well. And this is his first Grand Slam win after getting surgery and coming back to the tour. So I am really happy for him because I really like his style of tennis. He fights for the ball of every point and he runs really hard. So I'm really excited to see what Dominic Thiem might bring us for the next season. And the second upset I'm going to talk about is Stefano's lost round two against Stryker. A lot of people actually said that he will have trouble in round one against Raonic, but Steph actually won in three set, and it was really easy and it was kind of unexpected. However, I don't think anyone also expected him to lose in round two either. I think part of it is because of his dynamic with his coach, which is also his dad, because sometimes the coach-dad dynamic with the player doesn't really go well, but sometimes it does, such as Naomi Osaka and her dad or Serena Williams and her dad, right? So I think Steph and his dad need to figure something out, and I think part of it is also mental as well. A lot of players have been suffering mentally, I think a huge part of it have to do with social media because a lot of players receive hate comments just for losing a match or just sometimes even losing a set against players who the wider audience of people who watch tennis think that they should beat. And it can really take a toll on their mental health sometimes. And of course, there are other factors that will play into an athlete's mental health. But I really hope that Steph can overcome some of these issues and I really want to see him back on court and winning matches again. The next one kind of is sad for me which is Lorenzo Musetti's top round one loss against Draget. So he's actually my second favorite player on the men's side, the first being Casper Ruud which I will talk about later. But Lorenzo Musetti really, it was unexpected because I thought that during practice, he was in a really good form and I just didn't expect him to lose in round one. He's a really talented player with an amazing one-handed backhand. It's actually crazy how he can use his one-handed backhand as a threat. And because he's young, you obviously have another chance or multiple chances to prove himself. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing him play more on the big stage. And then the other one is Rune lost round one against Barbeto Carbelas Bena. I think that's how you pronounce his name. But it really was unexpected because I watched him practice during fan week and his form looked amazing. He was actually having so much fun on the practice court. Him and his coach Patrick were playing Molly games. It was really fun to watch. But I don't know what happened. I think part of it is mental as well. And this loss really is kind of unexpected. And because he's, in my opinion, one of the biggest threats or the biggest threat in Novak's quarter of players. So Novak will actually have a breeze going into the finals. But I'm pretty sure that 
Rune and his coach Patrick will figure something out because Patrick is a really good coach and he have a lot of experiences so hopefully he can use his experience and help to keep Rune up from the loss and hopefully we can see more of him next year. The next one I'm going to talk about is Casper Rude. I'm really sad about this. But Casper Rude lost in round two against a Chinese player, Zhang Zhijin. But also, in a way, I'm kind of happy because I'm rooting for a Chinese player, obviously, because I'm Chinese. But it was really sad because I really wanted Casper Rude to win the whole thing. And he actually went out in the second round. This year really hasn't been the best for Casper. The only highlight of this year is him going into the finals of Roland Garros, which is the French Open. But apart from that, this year really hasn't been the best. But of course, I think because he's also really young, he's only 25 years old, there will obviously be more of him. And Zhang Zhijin, when playing the match, actually requested for bathroom breaks, which in my opinion, are some techniques that the players use to try to distract their opponent from the current state they're being and try to slow down their pace. And Rude was complaining about it. Obviously, he had the right to complain about it. However, I feel like he shouldn't let that affect him. Also, because it was the deciding set, so maybe he should try to keep calm and try to keep his pace going. Of course, this is just my opinion, but I really hope that Casper will find his form and have a way better season next year. And hopefully he will do well in China Open this year. And then I'll mention some players on the men's side who lost also, but it's not really surprising. The first is Felix Agaraliasin's round one exit. Not surprising considering once the Netflix show Breakpoint is released, he really has been in his best form. Or... Chris Eubanks because he had a stomach issue which I am going to talk about later and Sebastian Corda lost not surprising considering he I think twisted his ankle before coming to this US Open and now we, I am just going to talk about the women's side the first player I'm going to talk about is Maria Zachary who lost against Marisoba by the score of 4-6-4-6. It is her third straight loss in Grand Slams and it really hurts me to see her be in tears in the press conference just because she's such a nice person and such a genuine person on tour. I actually watched her practice during fan week and she's so nice. I asked her to take a selfie and I said good luck to her and she said thank you which is one of a few players who actually said thank you and it really hurts me to see her break down on a press conference and saying how she will take a break. A lot of players are taking breaks because of mental health now such as Naomi Osaka, Amanda Anisimova, and others and I really think that the players should obviously prioritize their mental health first. So when she's ready, we are all welcoming for Maria Sakari to come back on court. Okay, the second player I'm going to talk about is Barbara Krejcikova, who lost in two sets in round one. This is not really surprising considering this year really hasn't been a year for Barbara. After last year's win in Dubai, where she beat Igor Swiatek, Irina Sablinka, etc. She seemed to have completely lost her form, but I really hope that she can gain back her form because I really like watching her play. 
The next player I'm going to talk about is Caroline Garcia, who I actually predicted will go a long way or will ultimately win the whole thing, but I was mistaken. I think her opponent really wasn't that great. I think it's just because of how Caroline Garcia was making a lot of unforced errors. So her serve was actually a huge weapon of hers. And last year she abused her serve and served a lot of aces so that the opponents couldn't win and she can ultimately win by using her serve. However, this year she didn't serve as well as she did last year. And also I think part of it is also because of the pressure she's under. Last year she made it to the semifinals so this year obviously she has a lot of pressure and I really hope that she can find back her form again I know she won once in China Open and I really hope that she can maybe reclaim her title there and yeah I really like to see her serve and hopefully she can have a successful this season and next season the last player I am going to talk about is Victoria Azarenka losing to Ju Lin to be honest, I really wanted Julian to win because she's a Chinese. And also, I kind of feel bad for Victoria Zarenka just because she's getting older. And as everyone knows, if you're getting older, it means you will have spent less time being on the bigger stage and it will be closer to your retirement age and I really don't want Victoria Azarenka to retire I want her to continue fighting out there because I really love her tennis however because she is getting old so the possibility of retirement is on the horizon and I really want her to make one long run before retiring and I hope it will happen soon Oh, so I just want to say that because my podcast is released on a Monday and I'm recording this on a Friday, between now and Monday, which is Saturday and Sunday, there are going to be maybe perhaps one or two upset matches that I didn't talk about. And I'm sorry, but I am probably going to cover it in my next episode. And now I am going to move on to some of the issues, the external issues that we encountered and my opinions on them. The first one being the stomach and sickness food poisoning issue that happened. It was so random and I really didn't expect it to happen, obviously. The first one is Dominic Thiem, who retired during his second round match, I think, against Ben Shelton. He was down the first set, and during the second set, he was also down 0-1 in the games, but he retired because he said that he actually threw up before the game, and it felt really bad for him because, obviously, he came from a wrist injury, and he finally won a game, and now he had to retire because of sickness issues. And the second one is kind of funny, I'm sorry, but I also feel bad. It's Chris Eubanks, who actually asked the umpire he was down one two i think and it was five all and it was his opponent's serving game he asked the umpire if he can just forfeit the game and go run to the bathroom i'm sorry i just find it kind of funny and kind of sad at the same time so he just threw away the game and forfeited to go to the bathroom and it's kind of bizarre because i've never seen that situation happen ever but ultimately, I think that's why he also lost his game. And obviously, I think Ans Jabbar doesn't look good on court. Like, she looks like she's having some issues as well with her mental or physical health. And then it is 
and of Zaberi, which I kind of felt sad about because he was playing under Rublev for round one, but he withdrew before even starting a match, and I was really looking forward to that match. And then there's a tennis commentator whose name is John McEnroe. He also sit out for the commentary part because apparently he had COVID or a food poisoning issue, but there has just been a lot of sickness going around. And also... Another notable one is Matteo Berrettini, who withdrew because he twisted his ankle, and I also feel really bad for him. And now, I guess I'll talk about the Coco Gauff versus Laura Sigmund match controversy. So, for those of you who don't know what happened, Coco Gauff was down a set against Sigmund on Arthur Ashe Stadium, which is the biggest stadium, and Sigmund started using a bunch of kind of time-wasting tactics, in a way, to try to disrupt Goff's rhythm one of them being trying to just like say sorry and try to like drag out the point and in my opinion as what Coco Goff had said it's okay if it's during her own service game because when you're in your own service game you get to serve first you get to start the point first so as long as you start the point within the 25 seconds game clock then you can drag out the point as long as you want you can use the whole 25 seconds however when it's coco golf serving game you can't just try to stop her from serving because as i said you guys have to trade service games so it's not fair if you can't stop coco golf service game from the receiving side and also, on this note, I also didn't like how the crowd was booing Sigmund. I mean, I get it because Coco Goff is a fellow American and also it's New York. But to be honest, I felt kind of bad for Sigmund. However, as I said, it's expected. For example, if Casper Ruud plays in Norway, the Norwegian crowd will cheer louder for him. Same as if Naomi Osaka plays in Japan, the Japanese crowd will cheer louder for her. So it really just depends on where you play with. And I guess Sigmund just have to deal with the problem of playing here. And... I'm going to talk about another issue now, which is Maria Sakari's problem that happened. So she said that in her press conference, she, quote to quote, was smelling weed on court 17, which is the court that she lost. And to be honest, I really think that this isn't much of an issue for regular players because we can't really control it, but it's an issue for asthma players were like players with medical conditions such as Nick Kyrgios and of course Zachary said that she wasn't trying to make an excuse for her round one loss but I really think it's important that she pointed out this issue and I did some research about what is allowed on the USC grounds and it said quote weed is not allowed within the confines of the USCA Billie Jean King National Center in Queens New York End quote. But as Sakuri pointed out, she actually think it is from the park that's directly behind the stadium. I guess what we can say is we really can't control what the people are doing if they're not on U.S. open grounds. So I guess the players team who actually have problems with this issue should have to deal with the problems themselves. And to be honest, I think it might have a problem with her performance because she was up for one and then after she told the chair umpire does she lost the whole game 
were the whole match. So I think it's obviously a problem. And I don't know, maybe I should research about the use of inhaling illegal substances and how it can affect tennis performances. Tell me if you guys are interested in that, I guess. And now I am going to talk about some highlights that happen that I think are worth talking about. The first one is Isner's retirement from tennis. So he actually went to round two, and then in round two, he won the first two sets, and then he got beat in the other three sets. But I think it's really notable mentioning because Isner is retiring, and then it's Venus's loss in round one. So she lost 1-6-1-6. And to be honest, in my opinion, it might be kind of bias were sad but I think she should retire because she's 43 and she already has seven Grand Slam titles and now due to her age she have a lot of injuries and I really don't think it's good for her to keep the spot for the youngster who's trying to come up. These are just the two players who I think are worth mentioning because they don't really belong to any of the categories and now I am going to mention some matches that I think are highlights and I will obviously leave the link of the highlights to the YouTube down below if you guys want to check it out and because I'm recording this on a Friday there obviously will be other matches that came up that I think are worth watching and of course I'll leave them in my description as well. Okay, number one is Monfils' win in round one. Number two is JJ Wolf's loss in round one. The third one is Taylor Townsend's win against Bia. The fourth one is Daniel Collins' loss to Martins. The next one is Kasakina's win against Alicia Parks. And then it's Dimitrov's came back against Mulkin. And then it's Caroline Wozniacki's win against Jennifer Brady. And then it's Shalina Ostapenko's win against Para. And then it's Mochova's win against Taylor Townsend. And I guess that's it for now. But if you guys just want to watch solid matches or people who are just really good at tennis right now, for the men's side, go check out Carlos Alcaraz, Novak Djokovic, and probably Andre Rublev or Daniel Medvedev because I think they're in really good form right now. And then on the women's side, go check out Iga Swiatek. Marketa Vendrosova, Elena Svitolina, and Arina Sablenka. Okay, so I guess now I will talk about some players who I was really surprised with that actually went pretty far. The first one being Jelena Ostapenko. So her style of tennis is trying to hit the ball hard she's very aggressive and sometimes she can make a lot of unforced errors and I am really surprised that she actually managed to stay in this tournament and she actually had some pretty good shots and then the next one is Caroline Wozniacki so this is as I said her first grand slam coming back from retirement and she actually made it to round four from what I'm looking right now which is super good and the other one is Zheng Qingwen, who was a Chinese girl. So she really wasn't doing that good leading up to the U.S. Open. And she also had Naomi Osaka's former coach. But right now, she's doing really good. I'm really happy about that. And then I think that's it on a woman's side. And on a men's side, so I guess I'll start off with Ben Shelton. I really didn't expect him to go this far because this season, I really didn't hear much from him, but surprisingly, he's actually not doing that bad. 
and Grigor Dimitrov as well. I really didn't expect Grigor to go as far as he did, but I'm really happy for him because he's getting kind of old, I'm sorry. So I'm really happy that he can win more matches. The same with Stan Wawrinka. And the next person is Tommy Paul. I really didn't expect him going to spar, but he did. And from the time I'm recording this, he's actually playing Ben Shelton in round four. So that's going to be a really good match. So if the matches are already played, go watch the highlights. And yeah, that's it for the men's and the women's side of players who actually surprised me. And now I'll do some predictions for week two. Keep in mind, this is going to be all messed up, and the actual result is going to be nothing like this, but just, it's really fun to predict and be all wrong, I guess. Okay, so, I'll start off with the men's side, and I'll predict the quarterfinals. The first one is, in my opinion, going to be Carlos Alcaraz versus Yannick Sinner. The second one is Daniel Medvedev versus Andrei Rublev. The next one... It's probably Francis Tiafo and maybe Tommy Paul. I'm not sure who's going to win between Tommy Paul and Ben Shelton, but Tommy Paul, I guess. And then the other one, okay, I'm going to go big. I'm going to say striker and Novak. So that's the quarterfinals that I think are likely for the men's side. And the final is going to be... Sinner versus Djokovic and Djokovic is going to win so that's my prediction and for the women's side the quarterfinals number one matchup will be Iga Swiatek and Coco Goff the second will be Elena Rabakina and Muchova yeah the third one will be I'm gonna go weird again Peyton Stearns and Elena Svitolina. I think she might have the chance to go up against Pagula, hopefully. The next one is going to be Zheng Qingwen and Sablinka. And now for the finals, I'm going to predict Coco Goff and probably Sablinka. And Sablinka's going to win. I'm sorry, but I think Sablinka just have a better mindset going into this final and she just isn't as stressed out as Coco could have been. And this sums up today's episode. This episode is so much longer. It's actually about to reach the 30 minutes mark. But I like this episode better than the other one because I feel more relaxed talking in it. But please tell me which one you guys liked better. This one is just me talking to my audacity on my computer without any script or anything. And then the other one is actually me preparing scripts. So tell me which one you guys like better. The one that's like all over the place or the other one which is more organized. And tell me also if you guys like the shorter one or the longer one. Again, thank you so much for listening to my podcast. It means a lot to me. I really don't think anyone's here right now because this episode is kind of a mess. It's just me blabbering about the US Open. But if you are, thank you so much. If you're listening on YouTube, please comment down below what you guys want to see for the upcoming episodes and tell me what I can do to make my podcast better. And also make sure to like this video and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Please make sure to give my podcast a rating and also try to follow my podcast so you guys can get weekly updates on it.
You guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter using at Tennis Traverse. And yeah, this basically ends today's episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed and I'll see you guys next Monday. Bye.